0: now. they've made it even better it's had a redesign inside and out now from the studios of techguide.com.au stephen Fennick. Tech Guide episode 212. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views and reviews. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading once again. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of the techguide.com.au website. On this week's show, Optus under fire for English Premier League live streaming issues, the wash-up of the census debacle, And Star Wars The Force Awakens in 3D coming to Blu-ray. In the Tech Guide reviews, the battery that can charge your mobile devices and jumpstart your car. The laser device that can add Wi-Fi to your favourite old speakers and the Logitech keyboard covers for the iPad Pro. And we'll wrap things up as we usually do with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, it's week one of the English Premier League and it's already under fire and under scrutiny. And that's the Optus coverage that we're talking about. Optus surprised the sporting world when it won the rights to the English Premier League some time ago, outbidding rival Foxtel for the coverage. Now, Optus, uh, when when they did win the rights pointed out that you needed to be an Optus customer, either an Optus mobile or Optus broadband plan holder to be able to access the EPL coverage. That's fair enough, we suppose. So if you wanted to watch the English Premier League, then you needed to either watch it through an app, through Fetch TV or on your computer, so these were the methods that you could you could watch the game. And English Premier League, and I know this from my experience, uh, I used to be the sports editor of the Daily Telegraph back in the day. Sport, uh, especially soccer, is very popular with fans and even more so English Premier League, which has a huge following, of course, n- not only around the world, but also right here in Australia. It's got a massive, massive following. And if anyone messes with that coverage, then you're going to hear about it. Well... Right out of the gate, unfortunately, Optus have, uh, have tripped at the first hurdle. its coverage through its Optus sports app. The live streaming through the app in particular was suffering delays. it, it, it even the, the, the stream cut out momentarily. Uh, it, it was pixelated pixelated screens and of course, the fans took to Twitter to express their disappointment and at one point, the hashtag Optus out, was trending on Twitter at one point. So there were a lot of angry viewers out there, angry EPL fans. And Optus have come out uh, just the day after, which was on the Monday. The, the problems occurred during the Manchester United match and also the match between Arsenal and Liverpool. So it was Manchester United v Bournemouth and Arsenal v Liverpool, two massive games. And that's when the faults were noticed when when the live streaming issues began. Well, Optus have come out and released a statement and said that it's not their fault. They blamed a satellite disruption for the interrupted live stream. So the statement, and I'm going to read it now. An Optus spokeswoman released this statement. Optus can confirm that there was a 30-second transmission disruption during the broadcast of last night's Premier League match between Bournemouth and Manchester United. We have been advised by the Premier League that the disruption was caused by their satellite distribution supplier. The issue was not related to an Optus mobile or fixed broadband network outage or the Optus sports app. And I'm still quoting here. As soon as Optus became aware of the issue, we switched to an alternative feed. We apologize to our customers for any inconvenience caused and appreciate their patience while the satellite feed was restored. So that was their explanation. It wasn't our fault. We did the best we can. But that didn't really go down very well, not only yesterday, with the people reacting on Twitter, but also today, even after that story, after their statement came out, People weren't copying that. There was the other issue too of the delay. So when you're talking about a live sport, you expect it to be watching it at the at, at that very second. What's happening in front of you is what's happening at the ground. Now there were customers reporting, viewers reporting the fact that there was up to a sixty second delay between the actual match and the live stream. There were there was a person commenting. That uh, because they couldn't watch the live stream properly, they were viewing the they were looking at all the highlights, the 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 play by play on Twitter, and talking about a penalty that's been awarded, and yet their stream hadn't even seen the penalty in the first place. So it's uh, it, it was very frustrating for those viewers. So what did they have to say about the delay? Well, here we go again. Here's another statement released: the technology used to deliver over-the-top content via broadband and mobile networks is slightly slower than traditional uh, t- traditional terrestrial and satellite broadcasting. This is the Optus spokeswoman again. This is consistent with the viewing experience on other web-based or app content services currently operating in Australia. Whilst we have not received a large number of calls about lags to the streaming service, we recognise that individual experiences can vary, particularly over devices, browser interfaces and networks. So that was their explanation for the lag as well. Now, at the other end of the scale, the other way you could watch the English Premier League was through the Optus Sports channel on Fetch TV. So you have to be getting Fetch TV through through your, through Optus, through your Optus broadband plan. And they, their coverage, Fetch TV, was flawless and so much so that the Whirlpool Forum, which has often been referred to as whinge pool because that's normally where people vent their frustrations when things aren't working properly. But the Whirlpool Forum was full of glowing praise for the Fetch TV service being flawless and the new mini working really well, uh, great looking picture and how the whole thing just went off without a hitch. So maybe those customers who are Optus customers streaming EPL maybe should consider adding a Fetch TV service to their Optus plan and, be, and watching it in that way because as we've seen, we've seen from this first round, uh, that went off uh, really, really well and without any kind of interruption or delay. So if, uh, if you are an EPL fan, uh, we'd love to hear from you too. If you want, if you want to get in touch with us, we'll, we'll, we'd love to hear how your experience went with the uh, EPL, the first weekend that Optus actually covered the English Premier League. The the season kicked off over the weekend, and uh, there weren't a lot of happy campers out there. Hopefully, they'll pick up their game by week two. But if you want to read more about our story and Optus' statements, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide, this is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, I was in New York last week when the census was going down. The census debacle, we could safely call it, and I've got to say it was it was a little embarrassing being a an Australian in a foreign country when a story being reported about your home country is such an embarrassment. There were stories in the U.S. press and on U.S. television about the disaster that was the census, and. For a, for a country that's supposed to be pretty tech savvy, a, a nation of early adopters, we look like a backward nation in, in in the fact that we couldn't even run a census, an online census. The, the way the press were talking about uh, how, how Australia had problems with their, their chaos and plagued uh, census it was it was like we were attempting this internet thing for the first time. So, uh, in, in a country where, and I was watching the Olympic coverage when I was in the US as well, and naturally it was slanted so heavily towards US athletes, of course. And it, trying to watch an Australian athlete, I think when the women when the women won the gold medal in the rugby sevens, in I was watching the US coverage at the time. I think they were showing some minor swimming heat at the time. So that's just how much Australia shows up on their radar when it's uh, in the sporting world. Yet they were still pretty quick to report our blunder with the census, both in, in online, in the press and on television. So it, it it is rather embarrassing, I have to say, and I've outlined my embarrassment, and even included uh, snippets of the stories from US uh, US websites about our our in our census embarrassment uh, on Tech Guide. But the census itself, we as we we've learned since that dreadful night, was a result of some. People, some denial of service hijacks. Now, the press, uh, the, the, the government, uh, reluctant to call them attacks or hacks. A hack suggests that they have obtained information. Uh, the government's stance is that they have not obtained any information. The attack part, I think, can stick because someone was trying to mess with the census, and I think it didn't take a genius to realize that this would occur when you do realize that the date of the census was known months before the number of people who would be online would also be known for for well before the actual night of the census and the and the information being shared was like the pot of gold for any type of hacker to gain that kind of information. So the government, you would you would think, would assume someone was going to mess with the census, which is exactly what they did. Now, IBM, which is the, country, the, the company that was given the contract to set up the site and run this whole thing, were later found out to have knocked back additional defenses against a DOS, a denial of service attack. Uh, they, their method, according to uh, the, some, the reports that surfaced in Australia the following day, was that their their answer was to simply geo block any traffic not coming from Australia. When it's pretty obvious that, and anyone who's who's used a VPN, a virtual private network, can tell you that you can generate, you can make your 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 connection seem to come from anywhere. So it wasn't hard for these these hijackers, let's call them hijackers, who to mess with the census potentially from overseas, but appear to be doing it from within Australia. So the, our defences have already been, uh, they've already fallen right there. It, it's just, it beggars belief that the size of this $10 million contract, that the security wasn't better than just a simple geo-blocking operation. Well... Anyway, that's that's now come and gone. I think we've had till late September now to file the to, to 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 file the census on the site. Uh, only forty percent of Australians have actually completed the census, so there is still a bit of work to do. Malcolm Turnbull, the following day really came out swinging. I think he had no choice but to really come out uh, hard against this whole issue and express his disappointment when you consider the fact that he part of his election platform was that that Australia was going to become an innovative country. Innovation, technology, that was going to be the platform for the future. And when one once this census, this disastrous census uh, occurred on that night, it did make the government look pretty, pretty haphazard. Look, made them look pretty amateur. So uh, of course he had to come out. He even said that heads will roll. Which heads that will roll? Uh, we don't know. But. Uh, I think there's going to be there 's a few nervous people at the Australian Bureau of statistics uh, and the and the associated security companies and and departments that helped put the census together so it, it is unfortunate that Australia has become a laughing stock around the world and that we 've had to go through this embarrassment but hopefully we can learn from this and any talk there 's been talk of having an election online well this would surely Make us even more vigilant to create an atmosphere, a system that was a bit more resistant to people trying to just mess around with a denial of service attack. Hopefully, our technology, our intelligence uh, is a lot greater than than what was displayed on the night of the census. You want to read more about our coverage? Plenty of stories we wrote about census. You can check them all out at TechGuide.com.au. Well, Star Wars The Force Awakens, a a record-breaking film uh, and has been doing great business also on Blu-ray, been out on Blu-ray for a few months now. Well, there is another Blu-ray version coming, would you believe? The Force Awakens in 3D is coming to Blu-ray and it will also contain some special features and deleted scenes never before seen. So we're not simply getting a rehash of the existing version, the 2D version on Blu-ray. Uh, we are getting the 3D version. I have to say, the very first time I saw The Force Awakens at the, the uh, press screening, which was the day before it was screened to the public, I actually watched that in 3D. And I was wondering when the Blu-rays were released back in April, why there wasn't a 3D version available at that time. Well, now I know they're going to release it in November, November 9 to be precise here in Australia, because they want you to buy it again. And people like me, diehard fans, are going to do just that. I would I will naturally watch it. love to watch it in 3D, but it's also the additional features and deleted scenes. It's also going to uh, get my money as well. One of those added features is an audio commentary by director J.J. Abrams, which I think would be fascinating listening to him talk throughout the film about the choices they made and how things were created, what things were happening on the set. I'm, I reckon that will be fascinating to listen to. So if you've ever heard an audio commentary, the, the the soundtrack of the film is turned down and you can still watch the film but the dominant soundtrack is going to be the director or the person who is ever providing that commentary over the top I think that's going to be a winner I look forward to hearing that the other thing they're going to show is even more deleted scenes and these are never before shared scenes that didn't make the film's final cut there were a selection of scenes added to the blu-ray release earlier this year, but these scenes apparently have were additional deleted scenes that haven't made that final cut either. Plenty to look forward to there with the Star Wars The Force Awakens 3D Collector's Edition, and that's going to come out of, uh, Disney is going to release that in November, on November the 9th in Australia. I'm waiting for the 4k version of this movie 4k Ultra HD discs are out there now plenty of movies you can buy in 4k. I think uh, that may be the next release that uh, that they wait for maybe maybe next early next year or maybe just before the release of episode uh, episode 8. Or uh, Rogue One later this year, will we see a 4K version? It'll just give everyone else another excuse to go out and buy the movie again. And yes, I will be one of them. You don't know how many versions of Star Wars I've bought over the years from VHS to DVD to Blu ray and other sets. I've got them all and I'll continue to buy them. They know that people like me will, and that's why they release sets like this at certain periods and they space it apart just so that you feel a little less guilty putting down your money. You want to read more about that story and see the actual uh, the packaging and the number of discs on board, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenney. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information like passwords, photos and credit card details to hackers and identity thieves? Well, Norton Wi-Fi Privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your password or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi Privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi Fi privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. Our first review is of a battery, but no ordinary battery. This is the Power Jump 7.5. Now, this is a battery. It, it, look, it looks about the size of a small external hard drive. So it's about, uh, it's about 225 grams. It's about 16 millimeters thick, and it fits easily in your hand and can charge all of your mobile devices. It's, it's got a 7,500 milliamp hour battery on board. So it'll charge your phones, your tablets, any other USB-powered device. But one other ability that the Power Jump 7.5 has, it can jumpstart your car. If you've got a flat battery, so there's a special connector as well as a special pair of uh, jumper cables that you connect into the special port, the 12 volt port on the side of the battery and then attach to the positive and negative terminals of your battery and it will zip it and wake it up and bring it back to life. Uh, So if it's a handy little product to carry around, it's small enough to fit in your glove box, in your console, or in the boot of your car, if you're stranded with a flat battery, this can get you out of trouble. Uh, It can start a car, it'll restart a motorbike or a speedboat, any petrol engine up to three litres in capacity with a battery. So it is a very, really useful device. There's a lithium polymer battery on board and it's uh, it's got the smarts to avoid overcharging and it will also not discharge. You know, a lot of batteries lose their charge over time. This one can retain its charge for months at a time so you're not left stranded if you've got a flat battery and need to jumpstart it with this device. The top edge, you'll see where the 12-volt booster cable ports are. There's also a regular USB port and there's also a torch on board so that you can use this as a light, you can even have strobe and and, and pulsing mode so in, in case of an emergency you can use that as well. It comes with a multi-cabled adapter as well. So it's got a a single USB cable that branches out into a lightning cable, a micro USB, regular USB. It's even got the old 30-pin connector if you've got a really old iPhone. What it doesn't have is USB-C cable, but if you do have your own USB-C cable, simply connect it to the USB port on the side and connect it to your device and you are away the Power Jump 7.5. It's available now from lc.com.au. I've got the link at Tech TechGuide. Uh, your choice of colors as well, orange, black, green, or pink. Priced at $79.95, and that includes Australia-wide postage. So check that out if you want to read our full review and see that link if you want to order one for yourself. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, who doesn't love their favorite old speakers? Oh, speakers, are, we really grow attached to speakers. Uh, some of us have speakers for years, for decades. We've got a favorite old pair of speakers. But how do you bring that speaker into the 21st century? How do you give it Wi-Fi capability? Well, the answer is with a new laser wireless Wi-Fi adapter. Now this is a small device, smaller than a hockey puck, weighs just 105 grams. It's got built-in Wi-Fi, small enough to be connected, uh, small enough to be put out of the way, so you're not even going to see it, and you're connected via an auxiliary port. On board is also a Qualcomm All Play chip. Now what it does, this platform, this this device can provide wireless connectivity so it, it connects to your wi-fi network then this device connects to your speakers and it turns them into wireless speakers now with this qualcomm all play chip on board uh, it allows you to play up to 10 speakers at the same time without the the need for an additional hub or any additional hardware so if you've got other wireless speakers in your home uh, and they happen to be all play compatible they will play with this with your set of older speakers that you've made, that you've added Wi-Fi functionality using the laser device. There's also a free Qualcomm All Play app that you can use to control your music playback. Uh, and you can you, you use that on any smart device, whether it's a smartphone or a tablet. You can also stream services like Spotify, All Play Radio, Internet Radio, uh, and, and of course, the music from your own library through to your speakers as well using this laser Wi Fi adapter. A handy product to have if you do want to bring your older speakers into the 21st century, well worth it. The Laser Wi-Fi Adapter from laserco.com.au. I've put a link at our story at TechGuide. If you want to read that, that story, it's priced at $99.95. And our a review, you can check it all out at techguide.com.au. TechGuide. This is TechGuide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Logitech has been a company that has, for a long time, created accessories and other products to go with Apple devices, whether they're uh, smartphones or tablets. In this case, the latest product they've created is called Create and it's a backlit keyboard designed for the iPad Pro 9.7, and also there's a Create backlit keyboard for the 12.9 inch iPad Pro as well. Now, this is a cover, and it's also uh, not only protects the device but also has a full size keyboard that is backlit. Now what it does it connects to the iPad to the iPad smart connector you know there's three little terminals on the side of the iPad and that provides not only connectivity it can also relay power so when it's connected you don't need to charge the the battery cover the the keyboard cover I should say there is no battery required because it draws its power from the iPad so when it's connected there's a little magnetic connection in place there. Once you tilt the iPad down and it clicks into place above that smart connector and your your keyboard is then not only... Uh, powered to be backlit if necessary, uh, but it's also paired as well. So there's no need for fiddling around with Bluetooth. It recognizes it, recognizes the keyboard through that smart connector as well, and you can type away. And I, I really like a keyboard with the iPad, especially a, a device like the iPad Pro, because it, is, it is, is more like a computer than a regular tablet. Not only does it have the additional power, but it's also got the additional functionality with the Apple Pencil, the ability to write on the screen, the ability to multitask. Uh, It it is really a laptop computer. And if if you use it with a case like the Create Backlit keyboard, then you can type, you can act as if, uh, you use it as if it's a laptop computer. I'm a fan of a keyboard with the iPad Pro because I often write my stories on my iPad and having a keyboard of this quality under your fingers really helps it helps you maintain that productivity it 's one thing to type on glass, but on me personally and I know a lot of other people are like this. I do prefer the feel of a physical keyboard under my fingers, especially if i 'm writing long documents stories uh, emails it just it just makes it even makes the experience better for me. I can utilize the power of the iPad pro uh, completely using a product like this. Uh, there are plenty of uh, Additional features to the case, especially there's a special row of iOS shortcuts, so that uh, there's a home key. So all, all the functionality you can uh, you can uh, use with the iPad is, or you can access all that control through the the Create keyboard case as well now it clicks into place so it provides pretty sturdy protection but then uh, there's even there's even a storage space for the apple pencil remember you can write on the screen with apple pencil if you do have an apple pencil there is a small uh, there is a small storage pocket for that just behind where the uh, once the ipad pops open uh, the space behind the ipad is a place where you can store that uh, the apple pencil when you're not using it uh, the, it is available for the 9.7-inch screen, the 9.7-inch iPad Pro, as well as the 12.9-inch. The 9.7-inch uh, the uh, uh, Create keyboard cover is $199, and if you want to go up to the 12.9-inch, that's priced at $229.95. Logitech, they've done it again, the Create backlit keyboard. You can uh, buy it in black or in blue. And they're available now. I've seen them in the Apple stores. And if you want to see my story, see what it looks like, first of all, too, and uh, read my story, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And you can get the fastest speeds available with the new Netgear Nighthawk X8 AC5300 smart Wi-Fi router. This is a beast. With speeds of up to 5.3 gigabits per second and tri-band Wi-Fi, you can deliver more Wi-Fi to more devices in your home. The Netgear Nighthawk X8 has four external active antennas Plus four internal antennas, which can amplify your Wi Fi range. Smart Connect intelligently selects the fastest Wi Fi band for every device, and with ready cloud USB access, you can secure personal access to USB storage from anywhere. Nighthawk X8, it's the next wave in Wi Fi. To learn more, you head over to netgear.com.au. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide Help Desk is in response to a question from a reader who was asking whether there are some apps that can allow you to control your TV, your entertainment system, Uh, And things like that. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah, there are plenty of apps that can do that, whether they are, there's two kinds. There's one that you can say, for example, you've got a Samsung television, you can download, whether you're on an iPhone or, or an Android device, you can download a Samsung TV control app. And you can control the television through your phone, so you've created a remote control using an app, uh, and that's the, that's applicable across many other TV brands. Uh, there are also apps to use with universal remote controls. Like Logitech have a, a an app companion to their universal remote. Uh, I know Control Four have a, 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 a iOS and Android app to go with their physical controllers or they simply sell you a license just to have the controller on your mobile device. So to answer your question, most definitely there are plenty of free options too. So check out the App Store and the Google Play Store, depending on the brand of TV you're using, or even the music systems can be controlled using an app. That is definitely a possibility. You can even uh, use there are there are apps for Foxtel to provide uh, guides, so you can record and do things like that on the go. Fetch TV also has some great apps to let you not only you can control your content, so you can view your recorded content on the move, but plenty of options there. It is, it is smart to make use of your smartphone and tablet, which kind of are the remote controls of our lives anyway. I remember not too long ago having a touch screen to control your home theater system, for example, and this is pre-iPad. This is pre-2010 that screen alone would set you back $5,000 just to have a touchscreen that can connect to your system. Once iPad was introduced, then uh, that that totally changed. So all you needed was an app because you've already got the screen thanks to the tablet, uh, not only from Apple, but also from these other companies as well. So yes, to answer your question, plenty of ways you can control things in your home using apps. If you want to read more about those, I have written about a few of those in the past. You can check it out at techguide.com.au. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at info at techguide.com.au, or you can get onto Twitter. I'm at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelt with a P-H. Drop me a line, I'll always reply and say good day. A special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And also a shout out to Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been terrific having you with us once again, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.